0: What's going on, everyone? We're here in Williams-Brice Stadium after Texas A&M drops its first ever game to South Carolina as conference mates, 30-24. to 24. I'm Travis Brown with Eagle alongside Robert Cessna. Cease, this is a crazy game. There was a five-minute lag there in the first uh, quarter where uh, South Carolina scored 17 points. They had like 30 yards of offense. There was turnovers. What, what did we just watch? We saw a very sloppy, competitive game. I thought the way it was
1: going to start out is I thought A&M might lose this game 42-12. to 12. You, you don't know how good a team is sometimes these come, see them play. I don't think South Carolina is a very good team because if they were, I think they would have blown A&M out. But A&M came back from that 17-0 deficit and all, almost put itself ahead.
0: Yeah, I, you know – uh, well, let's look at that first five minutes as kind of a microcosm. Uh, it, it It's two turnovers. There's interception. There was a crazy fumble play that the bad snap off Haynes King's knee. There was a hundred yard kick return. Uh, how much did that surprise you that there was those, that many mistakes and that many ridiculous mistakes coming off of the open week?
1: Yeah. It looked like I felt I got punched in the mouth with a kickoff return. Who starts a game like that, particularly when AM feels that special teams is where they usually have an edge on team. But once again, we've seen this in the last two years. A lot of times AM loses games because of special teams or gets behind the eight ball, and this is another deal. Later on, they shank a punt that leads to a score. So they made mistakes, but getting back to your deal, then I think that compounds, then they start making mistakes. I thought they were very timid in those first five or six minutes, and that's why I thought they were going to get blown out but they didn't look ready to play. I thought they looked more ready to play at Alabama than they did at South Carolina.
0: Yeah, let's, let's go with the other big negative issue in the game. And that was the eight false start penalties. That was all eight of AM's penalties. They had to go with a new center or a, a, a different center, Matthew Wyckoff. He's had some experience starting, but Bryce Foster was out injured, had a big brace on his left knee. Uh, Jimbo Fisher said some of the snap issues had to do with the new center. Some were the noise. What what did you make of that? Because even I asked after they talked a lot about the noise, which it was very noisy here, they faced a very noisy atmosphere at Alabama and they didn't have eight false start penalties and some of the uh, bad snaps and things like that. What what do do you make of that situation?
1: You know, I hate to be concise, but it's like they had a week off. They knew they are going to be missing people. I know they have youngsters, but then you coach around that or you do don't hold the ball make make quick steps get up there don't allow for motion penalties go on first sound make make adjustments because if you know what you're at good coaching good players find a way to overcome that and i know that's why fans are frustrated and even a and frustrated because I don't think you can say, even with the players that AM and had missing, that South Carolina is a better, more talented team than A&M. So A&M's going to feel real bad on that plane because they should have won this game.
0: Layden Robinson called it a stinker. Let's go with what was actually kind of good because I think a lot of AM fans in weeks past could point a lot of – a finger at and have a lot of criticism at Jimbo Fisher and, and the play calling and the way the offense had played. I think through the majority of this game, save for that first five minutes and then a little spell there through the third quarter, this was the best game offensively that the Aggies had. It was statistically, even at halftime, other than the same Houston State game, most yards gained, best performance by Haynes King or any quarterback at halftime, and they finished with over 300 yards. Um, did that appear that way to you that actually the offense, that there wasn't much to criticize necessarily in the play calling or the way that the offense played through the majority of the game.
1: Yeah, I'm with you because they had 75 snaps, which is by by far the most they've had. I say by far by a few, the most they've had this year. I thought they actually should have ran the ball more at times uh, because – South Carolina had pretty good secondary no sacks you know as bad as the young offensive linemen were and you could rip them for the motion penalties there was no sacks Haynes Kings made some plays really on one wheel so once again is I think that's what's frustrating AM made some plays it's not like they were overwhelmed or they were running after that Alabama quarterback that they couldn't catch I mean there were plays to be, that they could have made and they did make some of them but they didn't make enough of them and that's What I said
0: has been a key in this three-game losing streak they just do enough, really, to lose. You mentioned Haynes King had a pretty good game until he, he went out there in the fourth quarter. Jimbo Fisher said that the trainers believed initially, just on a brief uh, look at him, that he might have dislocated his shoulder and it popped back in. Jimbo Fisher said without an MRI and with what that could do with a throwing shoulder, he didn't want to risk putting Haynes King back in. So Connor Wegman came in, saw his first action as an Aggie. The, the true freshman did a, a pretty good job, but had a tall task ahead of him and placed a lot of uh, prevent defenses, so there wasn't necessarily uh, a whole lot to make from that. But big picture here, it, the, the, is this team who this team is going to be seven weeks into the season? Jimbo Fisher said that there's still plenty to learn from. They can still grow. They can still win. But I, I think the jury is, is out on this team.
1: Well, as I put in my column, put a, put a shameless plug in for Right now, this is a bad team. That's the only way you can say it. They make too many mistakes. They don't do enough. That doesn't mean they need to be a bad team next week or the following week. They're a bad team now, and none of us saw that coming, and they're not that far away. Even the Mississippi State game, you go back to the block field goal and whatever, they were there, uh, but they just make enough plays to frustrate people.
0: And and you talk about a lot of talk about the play calling in weeks past. Play calling not too terrible, other than maybe running the ball a little bit more uh, in the second half. But it comes back to discipline, and especially discipline mistakes a week off the open week. How how do you necessarily fix that as a, as a coaching staff? Well, once again, is I I, I blame a little bit at on the players,
1: and I, I would I always I never played football. I want to get that out of the way. I always can't handle it when people hold the ball before they snap, but then they have a motion penalty. Anytime you have those guys hanging around, and when you're when you're question one offense, suddenly second and 12, second and six, 17 gets tough. So I would wish, wish they'd have snapped the ball a little bit quicker, get people call a play, do it, because you have the most talent. And uh, sometimes I think you need to go back to the basics. When you watch all these teams, what are all these teams running, running up and down the field? Uh, they look once, the guy's not open, they get, hit them with the swing pass. They go right down. And even when South Carolina put the game away, what'd they do? They, they called plays real quick. They had like eight yards on seven plays, and then suddenly they had a 16-yard play, a 15-yard play, a 19-yard play, and two four yards, and it was a touchdown. I think, you know, once again, simplify t- things. I think you've
0: got to be simple. I know we're going to talk about this a lot more, but we'll close it out with this. AM now 3 and 4 uh, our, our own Alex Miller did some research and first time since 2009 that they've been under 500 where they haven't lost the opening game of the season, which those would be the the big marquee games early in the year. Uh, they, they're they going to probably, you would think, beat UMass. They're, you would think they would beat Auburn with how much they've struggled. So now they need a win out of Ole Miss, LSU, Uh, and Florida to be able to get bowl eligible. Is that an achievable goal at this point?
1: First of all, I don't think going on the road to Auburn when this team has only won one game away from home, and that was when the Arkansas kicker missed a field goal. So who knows? They could have an interim coach when they go to Auburn. I'm not saying that's a gimme game. Uh, They, you know, as funny as it sounds, they can still win the rest of their games but the toughest one, i would be like a coach, is the next one. Ole Miss is smarting off a loss. Ole Miss is going to come in and hang 30 on A&M. The question is, can A&M score more than 30? Because let's be honest, if they lose
0: the Ole Miss game setting in three and five, ooh, baby doll. No. You don't want to be listening to us after that. Exactly. Well, I think that's about all we can talk about today. There's there's this game. There was so many weird mistakes and weird plays and craziness that happened. We, we didn't even talk about there was a little dust up on the field. There was a uh, little mistakes everywhere that we could break down for hours. And I'm sure we're going to get into that throughout this next week. So be sure to check the Eagle dot com and, and pick up your Eagle uh, for that. But that's all the time we have. We'll, we'll be able to decide, dis- dissect this more in the week coming forward. Uh, be sure to check out for that, and uh, be sure to have a great rest of your evening. We'll talk to you again soon.